0: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion here on the E2C Network. I've taken over again, folks. If you were listening last week, you know I got to step in as host on War Horses alongside Auburn Ellis and Drew Hooper. Well, I'm just going to continue that trend. And I'm going to take over another show this week. The football show here. <laughs> I am back. Your host of many, many, many moons now of many shows and co-host and editor and all that stuff. My name's Kyle, and I appreciate my good friends, AJ and Jared, for allowing me to step in and fill in a role this week as AJ is out. He will be back. I haven't kicked him off yet, uh, but I am happy to be sitting alongside my good friend and co-host tonight, Mr. Jared Davis. What's up, Jared? Hey, Kyle, War Eagle, and uh, glad to have you, sir. Um, missing
1: AJ, but definitely glad to have you, and hopefully I don't do a bad enough job where you decide to leave, too.
0: Well, you know, I mean, there's it's a long show, so let's see what happens. <laughs> we have time. Plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of time to see what happens. That's here. right. Uh, you know, hey, maybe at the, this point we just kick AJ off, and you and me just there. Do your you own go, thing. <laughs> there you go. Hopefully, he's not listening. So, AJ, when you h- hear this back, this is the danger of you not being able to be here. Is we get to talk bad about you the entire time. So that's right. Hey,
1: you, you backup quarterback, you miss a star. Backup comes in, he's better. You know, that's just uh that's how that's how
0: the world world goes. I've been back here taking practice snaps. I'm ready to roll. And I'm ready to talk <laughs> about some modern football. So let's do it. Get, let's do it. Auburn versus Arkansas, and what? will be, go down as one of the more confusing, interesting, frustrating, exhilarating games in quite some time. Uh, Auburn – a lot he, of adjectives. Yeah, I, I tried to throw as many in there as I yeah, could for you. You did good. You did good. 30-28, to 28, your Auburn Tigers defeat the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, this is a story of two different games, one where Auburn looked like it was under control in very harsh conditions, and then another one where – Arkansas may or may not have one stolen from them. So that's the the tale of two stories tonight. Also, what I want to set the stage for tonight is a discussion maybe of reality versus emotions. And I already prepped Jared on this because if you've been here on the ETC network, you know enough that I'm, I'm a pretty, I try to be a positive guy, I try to put positive spins on things. And uh, in situations like this where we find ourselves in maybe a bit of a slump and a We'll call, we'll call it a frustrating point. It brings out the worst in some of our Auburn family members, and I love to combat that. So I'm going to try to do that a little bit tonight. So, uh, Age I mean, I, I called you AJ already, Jared. You're, you're going ha- to have to keep me from going too harsh on people tonight.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time we're in, and I think I think it's a good topic to discuss though because it's just
0: it's just weird. It's a weird season, and I mm-hmm. think we probably need to be reminded of that. We do. And I think we should start right there. So let's just talk about this emotions versus reality. And a lot of this is around the discussion of who needs to be the head coach at Auburn and should uh, Gus Malzon be there. And that's a hot, highly contested topic. Uh, it's not really a, a topic that people discuss. It's just, there's declarations made about it and things they would never say to a head coach's face uh, if they had the opportunity to. Uh, so I I'm not one to say that uh, any coach is a beyond reproach. Uh, and I don't think that uh, the coaching staff and Coach Malzahn and the players are are beyond reproach right now. I think what we have is a very frustrating situation that has not just developed this season, but has been over the last couple of seasons. And I think it I attribute it all the way back to the two offensive line coaches before this and what really started this problem. And it just so happens to be catching us in a year where we lost the probably most dominant defense that we have seen in over a decade at Auburn so when you couple the 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 struggles of offensive line with a young inexperienced and injured defensive line football is a game of those two positions or those two units Jared and when those two are not in good shape you're gonna face some struggles don't you think
1: yeah no doubt I mean if you look at the Let's be honest, the most consistent and probably one of the most boring teams out there right now is Georgia. I mean, Georgia is the only team that I know in the country right now that is playing well on both sides of the ball, and they essentially have like a Sean White playing quarterback. So they have mastered those two pieces, and they're just beating people. And we are really struggling at that. And you watched Alabama last night, and they're as bad, if not worse, than we are on the defensive side, but they just score every drive. So we're kind of stuck in the middle of I think we have the players to score every draft, and we're not. And we're also now struggling on defense. And so, yeah, it's uh, but it's one up front, what you said. it's uh, And I think you're 100% right. Listen, and this goes back to coaching. I love Gus. I really do. But, um, you know, he's made good hires at every position since mm-hmm. he's been there except offensive line. And I think that it, it is catching up to him when with the previous two hires we had. Um, but I agree with everything you said about, you know, while we're having the struggles right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is I want to say this, and we're going to talk more about in detail this later. Um, you know, I think there needs to be personally a little bit more, not blame, but questioning done at the feet of Coach Kevin Steele. But we, here again, we're talking about emotions versus reality. The emotions of the situation is our defense is playing terrible right now in terms of what we're used to. The reality is, though, is that we are playing with a brand new unit and it's highly injured. So I can take both of those and fall somewhere in the middle. It's not as bad as you think it is, but it's not as good as you think it is either. It's somewhere in the middle. And after a game like Arkansas, you you tend to get fired up in certain areas. And fortunately for a lot of our family members out there, it tends to get a little bit more on the negative side. And that's just that's just the normal I'm not saying that's the majority. It's just the more vocal ones like that. And and um you're entitled to your opinions, but you're wrong. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Is, yeah. that, is that where you're going? <laughs> that's my take yeah. on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: but seriously, you know, we can have conversations about, you know, uh, are the correct decisions being made right now. But uh I'll I'll just say this to not keep harping on it. Um if you can present to me a better situation, a coach that can uh, defeat Alabama more than any other coach, there's only the only other coach in the modern era to do that is Swinney, and He ain't coming to Auburn. If you can present me a coach that is going to do that and can prove to do that, I'll have that conversation with you, but I have yet to have someone who is claiming there needs to be a change uh, to present that with me. So that's just kind of my, my take on it. And I've gotten it off my chest, Jared. So can
1: I ask you a question and, go- and, I am I am down the middle on this. I'm not one way or the other. This is a legit question. Why? How can he beat
0: Alabama and then it's a great question. really,
1: really struggle with LSU and Georgia?
0: I, that is a great question. And If I had the answer, I would be the head coach at Auburn. Gotcha. Fair enough. It boggles the mind. It really does. I don't understand it, and it's just as frustrating to me. Um, I, I don't believe in voodoo. I don't believe in curses. I, you know, all that all that kind of stuff. I, I like to play play them up sometimes because it feels like some of that narrative yeah. fits here. Uh, but it, some teams just have your number and a, a, a coach's number. And apparently, Gus Malzahn's is really Georgia. Let, let's wait till we get to the LSU game to say that LSU has his number because if he puts it to LSU like everybody else is these days. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to say that LSU just has some voodoo hex on us that we can't beat them. I'm with you on that. Yeah. So I think three games into a unique season that's never been done before, that doesn't have the preparation that you normally would have, doesn't have the – just all-around weird, if I, I will keep expounding and just get further and further down the hole there. It's just a unique season. Everybody needs to settle down, take what you get, be glad that you have Auburn football, and uh, take a win, learn to celebrate a win. Don't be so frustrated about the fact that you didn't like this the way done. We almost lost this. Hey, get, let me, let me break something to y'all. We won. How about that?
1: You know, the, I mean, social media, in my opinion, has ruined a, a lot of things, but it, it has really ruined the joy of football um, because it, it allows anybody and everybody to have a voice and listen, I mean, I do the same thing. So if you're listening, I'm not pointing fingers at you. I do the same thing. Um, but it, it's like, you know, misery loves company and, you know, we won the football game. Um, but you jump on Twitter, you wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just another downside of social, media, in my opinion.
0: It is. It is. And that's just me venting my frustrations because y'all unfortunately gave me a platform to do it tonight
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: when it's at the, Cal, high you may party. not be invited back. Okay. I'm kidding. Hey, that's, Hey, look, that's your, it's your show. It's your call, okay, but okay. here I am. <laughs> I'm messing with you. You're the so, boss, so you get to do whatever you want. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> actually, the boss is Jessica. Uh, ah. She pulls all the strings here, so whatever the boss, Jessica. We'll see says what you. she says. Then there you go. If you're a married man, you know what I'm talking. Oh about. yeah, absolutely. So, with that being said, we've gotten kind of an initial just setting the stage here and uh, getting some frustrations out of the way. Let's actually talk about this game um, overall. Um, we beat them in a sloppy just can't even think of a word to describe it weather condition day we played in the west virginia rain game i was there we played in windy games we played in cold games uh, last year it seemed like the surface of the sun was never going to go away from the southeast this is probably one of the worst conditions that i've seen either any two teams have to play in in quite some time what it was your perspective of the conditions on the field
1: yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell from the TV screen. It's amazing what they've done with technology. There was times you're watching it, and I was like, "Is it still raining?" I don't know. But if it was anything like the West Virginia game, I was at that game. It was terrible, and I can only imagine it was that bad with the hurricane that came through. So, I, you know, I think we had a good game plan in the in the uh, in the first half for sure. We went in there and said we're going to just pound the ball, and we did a really good job of it. Um, you know, those games, they're tough to win because you don't here's the deal we are better than arkansas because we have faster athletes than arkansas Hmm. and you saw it on the end around with schwartz i don't agree with that play call in the red zone but that may work if he didn't have to worry about getting traction and he lost his footing cutting up tank lost his footing a couple of times so that that negates i remember uh i don't know if you do but it was back when Reggie Bush was playing at USC and they were going to Notre Dame and Notre Dame literally didn't cut the grass for like two weeks (laughs) because it negated USC's speed rain does the same effect, if not more and it levels the playing field.
0: It really does. And I think that's a case of what you, a couple things here, you saw an offense that's still trying to find its identity and not just an identity, but a, a structure because remember this all throughout what if you want to call it preseason camp they never had the same offensive line together because of somebody having covid somebody injured and that's still the case to this day this is a unit that is young that is trying to figure itself out and it's having to deal with all these things. And so when you couple that with the conditions, it really takes a situation where an Auburn team that is superior to Arkansas, and thankfully it appears that way on the score sheet after we get to hear and talk about it, but all that levels it out. So I completely agree with you. It was the literally, and I hate to use, you know, bad puns here. It was the perfect storm for Arkansas <laughs> to come back in and try to pull off another episode, but here let's give credit to Arkansas. Arkansas had to face the same things that we did and they showed up and nearly pulled off another upset.
1: Listen, I, I'll give them I, Sam Pittman, I think is his name. I didn't really think that was a great hire, but the way they played against Georgia in the first half, and then they went and beat Mississippi state and they came into Auburn and didn't back down. I mean, I, I do think truly if the, what were we up? 17 to six at one point. I think if the weather was perfect, I think we take that game. I think it, it, we we punch in a few more times and it's not really in doubt but that's not what happened and Arkansas was playing in the same weather and um yeah give them credit they fought hard
0: yeah I you know was talking very poorly about Sam Pittman as a hire not as a person or a coach but as a hire for Arkansas situation and I stand corrected at three games into the season now with the rest of the season in hindsight I probably may be proven correct but right now he's he's fine for coach of the year with the mess that was arkansas and yeah. trying to right the ship with them so no i just want to make sure that we give our opponents the credit that is due and i think before we maybe break down each unit here we do need to address the ending of the game because that is uh, probably a probably some controversy oh was there a and, controversial play i don't uh, remember that there might be <laughs> there might be something all right before you analyze it i just want a i just want a short answer was that a fumble or or yes. what what? Okay, you you agree that Bo Nix fumbled the ball? Yes. Okay. So, what should have happened, in your opinion? Exactly um, what happened? So uh, refs missed calls,
1: and unfortunately, this for out for Arkansas. Here's the deal. Let me explain this. I say unfortunately, Bo Nix fumbled the ball, but they blew the play dead. So everybody on Twitter who is saying right now that we absolutely should have lost that game is incorrect because there were two Auburn players that halfway tried to grab it and there's referees in every picture screen blowing it dead, you don't know how those guys are going to react. So if it's not being blown dead, it may have still been our ball. It would have been a five-yard back field goal. But to say that absolutely – it was a terrible call. But to say that cost Auburn, cost Arkansas the game, I do not agree going that far with it personally. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's a fair assessment of it. Um, I, I get that it's a blown call for Arkansas. It sucks. I'd be mad about it too. Oh, absolutely. If I was in their shoes. But it is what it is. I mean, I, that's a terrible phrase these days, but like, you know, <laughs> Auburn has had its fair share this season of calls that were egregious. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is kind of making even with what's happened already, but it kind of feels that way. It, and I know that we can't, it's hard for us to say that to the Arkansas and the Arkansas fan base. But this to me kind of is a riding of the wrong that's already happened in the two games that we've had. And a very odd situation in a very tough game and things just mess up sometimes. And I hated, I mean, I'm going to, you know, moan about the SEC officiating as much as the next guy, the next game. But I mean, I'm just thankful that um, it it worked out in our favor. And here's the thing, it can work out in your favor, but you still got to go out and win the game. And that's what I do. You got to go make the
1: kick. He made the kick. It wasn't – that, and that's the thing, and I don't want to go back too far. I want to stay on track. But, you know, Alabama last year said, oh, he shouldn't have had the second right before halftime. I'm like, okay, we could argue whether he should or shouldn't, but he still had to make a 50-plus yard field goal. So, it's like it was not given to us, and it was absolutely – you cannot say without a doubt that Auburn would not have jumped on that ball if there weren't ten whistles blowing dead. Absolutely. Um, And that's the only thing I will argue. Other than that, it was a bad call. It was the wrong call. And if I was Arkansas, I would be upset. Yeah,
0: but uh, thankfully, uh, we're they're the ones complaining. We're the ones celebrating. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, some of us are celebrating. Jared, we've well, we already yeah. Talked about. Yeah. All right. I promise that's my last shot tonight. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more in detail. I don't you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, probably not. <laughs> Uh let's talk a little bit about the offense tonight and uh let's start right at the quarterback uh spot here. Bo Nick, 17 for 28 on the night, 187 yards, one touchdown, a QBR of sixty-nine point nine. So not the best, but I've seen worse from him. So hey, and in those type of conditions too, uh it it's probably a miracle that it was that successful I'll be honest with you Jared when I saw 187 yards at the end of the game for Bo Nix I was shocked because it seemed like all we did was run the ball and he had so many incompletions because of the rain I just honestly I when I look at the stats he has a better game than actually what I saw
1: yeah and somebody even did a gif little thread on Twitter and said the same thing the offense did not look as bad as they thought live um I think that you can probably attribute you know, there was a big uh, reception to Seth on that last drive. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Schwartz had that, you know, 20-yard screen for touchdown. So, um, I think those were two big chunk plays. But I think you're right. I mean, at the you know, Kentucky's co- coach said before the first game, they said that Bo reminds him of – or Brett Farr, he reminds him of Brett farr And the more I watch him, he kind of is. He's kind of just a gunslinger. He doesn't really set his feet that well. But his arm strength is just ungodly. And so it doesn't matter half the time. Um, and then, but, you know, he threw it up into triple coverage towards the end. And it's, he is kind of Brett Favre-esque. Like he's, he's going to just try to make plays and some of them are going to be really good. And some of them are, gonna really and, uh, of them are probably going to be some errors, but all
0: in all, I don't think it was terrible for, for the conditions we had. So would you call him a playmaker as opposed to a game manager?
1: Man, it is so weird. Yes, it, he's not a game manager. Like that's not his style. But I don't know that he's reached playmaker level either. He has the potential to be a fantastic playmaker. Um, but we can get into this later. I, I think Auburn's best chance to win this year is to turn him into a game manager. I think at this point we we, we now build the offense around Tank and uh, DJ and Worm. Um, and we do turn him more into a game manager. But that's probably a different discussion.
0: See, I disagree with you a little bit there. I think we are more going to have more success, obviously, utilizing Tank. And like you said, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But you're still letting Bo do what Bo does, become a playmaker. Because think about it. The Oregon game, in his first game as a college athlete, he becomes the the guy that makes the catalyst to win that game. He did it several – he did it in the Georgia game last year. He does it again in these conditions where he makes some plays that, frankly – there, the indication of how he was playing the rest of the game I didn't think he was going to be be able to make stepping up into the po- pocket under pressure in the final minute to make uh, his team be in a position to win the game personally I think Bo Nix already is a playmaker now is he a great playmaker maybe not he, but I think he's a good playmaker L- so let me
1: yeah let me add a little bit to what you're just saying there because I kind of agree with you now so there were quarterbacks that we had Jeremy Johnson don't like guys like that. Final drive, they couldn't do it. Like, they had yeah. played bad all game, and they couldn't muster up, like, forget that and go make that final drive. Bo did that. And the other thing – I so, I agree. The other thing I will tell you, too, is I still think that Gus has harped so much on don't do turnovers that really towards the end, you saw it last year against Georgia when we were like, all right, we have no other option but to just go full force here. That's when Bo is better. I watched Ole Miss last night, and, like, they're, they're just pedal to the metal the whole game. I think if Bo Bo is going to reach his full potential, I think we got to give him a little more control and let him just be that guy the whole game. Um, You know, otherwise it's going to be that in-between, and I don't think Bo's good in-between. He's like, let's go all out. Um, If you're going to be real conservative, I think you stick to the run game and, and build it around tanking them.
0: Yeah, and I think with his legs that he displayed in full force last night with his ability to make some pretty clutch throws in some very tough situations, uh, the guy's had some struggles, no doubt. But I do think that he is the guy, and I think he continues to show me reasons to believe in Bo Nix moving forward. But speaking of interesting plays and interesting players, this can help transition us to the rushing game as well. But we, we can't go any further without talking about number 89, J.J. Peaks. <laughs> my goodness the one of the few bright spots that we can look back to and this is early in the game too he's one for one on the day with a throw and he also gets a few rushes uh, 12, 12 yards on two attempts and one beautiful for a 300 pound I don't know what you just called him athlete I don't know if to call him a quarterback a tight end. monster yeah just a freaking beast what a what a game in a short time for him
1: Dude, the spin move that he hit, I, he hit the spin move. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then he leaped a guy. And I'm like, is this really happening? Is this real life?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: that big dude doing that was just fantastic.
0: My mother-in-law is here uh, visiting with us, and she happened to be upstairs before the game started. And she heard me screaming. She's like, did we score a touchdown? I said, no, but a 300-pound <laughs> pound lineman just hurtled a guy. It was just happened.
1: a 10-yard game, but this was the game, yeah.
0: It was uh, an amazing thing to see. And uh, you understand now why we're seeing uh, Pigs be utilized as much as he is. And I love every bit of it. So, Gus, keep it coming, my friend. Dial that up. I need some J.J. Pigs in my life. Did, did, did you see him um, – the one thing that I really loved about him is –
1: it. Would, I don't usually get to notice the line because I'm not smart enough to break that down – Several run plays. I mean, he was looking for somebody to hit, and he mm. opened up the gap on a few of them. So, he's a he's a very smart eighteen year old true freshman.
0: Just an athlete all the way around, and I will take it, sir. Give yeah, me absolutely. some more, and I'm going to push the hashtag Pegasus as I'm saying. Ah, trying, I like it because it, it looked like you know a Pegasus. Think about it; it. it's it graceful yet odd. So, gracefully odd—that's Pegasus. That's, pig's that's, that's it. Going. You're right. Good. That's a good good analogy. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash e 2 c Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash e 2 Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. All right. Rushing attack. We've already touched on Bo Nix and Pigs himself, but Anthony Schwartz as well had one rush that didn't go so well. Um, but the story is tonight with the uh, tandem thunder and lightning that emerged during a thunder and lightning storm tank bigsby 20 attempts for 146 yards dj williams eight carries for 71 when a long the longest one of the entire game a 41 breakaway um dj had a great game but how do you not just be amazed by tank bigsby
1: that dude is you know people are comparing to cadillac and i was in school with cadillac and he's fantastic um tank may be better i mean it was like like now Cadillac hold on. was now now now
0: we're going to fight. Now we're <laughs> going to fight. Don't you dare. Look, I got my signed He may He may. I'm pointing right now, Jared, to my signed Cadillac pitcher <laughs> behind me. Don't you dare put those words in your mouth. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Let me
1: let me just preface this. By the end of his career, he may cuz listen. I, what he was doing that night? I mean, I don't you there is no better running back doing that. Now can he continue that? That's where it's going to be like, all right, he's going to get national recognition. But even even Pro Football Focus put a tweet out and said, um, Tank Bigsby is the running back that you created on NCAA 2014. And they showed that run where he bounced off and spun out and threw somebody off. So he runs hard like Cadillac. He kind of has that little stutter step occasionally like Cadillac. He was bouncing off better than Cadillac. That was one game. Calm down, Kyle. That was one game. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was a sight to see.
0: Look, I'm not going to complain. The fact that you're even comparing it with Tank is something that I can't agree with. Uh, I, they are very similar, except that Cadillac didn't have the size and um, Agreed. girth is, is a word that comes to mind. Uh, that he does at this point in his career. Cadillac was known for being you know, the, the Cadillac. I mean, he yeah. runs so smooth and just has a way to kind of get around people, and Ronnie at the time was the Hummer, just run over people. Yeah. It seems like we might literally have a tank that moves pretty fast, so it could be a great combination of the two. Now, this is one game, folks. We don't need to jump the gun here, but we can really appreciate it. I think the stat that we uh, jotted down for ourselves pre-show here was tanks bigsby had 268 all-purpose yards um already is that is that the case that we had 268 in that game and that's the most and i can only assume non-quarterback
1: the espn said that was the most uh auburn player had since 2013 that's got to be non-quarterback yeah um but yeah the most non-quarterback yards since 2013 he had 268 in that game however i did see later he does have 468 or something all-purpose yards and leads the SEC right now with that.
0: And that's obviously accounting for his uh, kickoff returns. The kick which... returns help because he does yeah.
1: not. He never fares catch. And and I I I know we got to move on, but now that he is going to be a prime focus of the offense, I'm kind of thinking we might back off with that a little bit because we don't need to get him hurt on a 20-yard kick return.
0: The way things are going on offense, I don't care how you use him, just use him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Just he might put break the man one. Out he there. might break one. You're right. We do need to give a little credit to DJ as well, though, because I think he DJ, well. he, he gave a, a, um, a change of pace at running back. Like we said, we compare him to Thunder and Lightning. DJ's a little bit smaller, a little bit more shifty. And I thought that it really kind of unbalanced Arkansas's attack on the run game uh, when he came in and I think you can see that evidence in that forty one yard breakaway. I honestly thought he was gone, Jared.
1: Yeah, it looked very reminiscent of the LSU where he, he only stepped out of bounds by his own accord last year. It looked a lot like that play, but and without the rain he might have been gone. He he did really well. I'd almost written him off and I apologize. He did well and let's give credit to the offensive line on that. Listen yeah. listen, they they deserve enough bashing. Uh they opened up some holes last night or uh, tonight.
0: Yeah. We started off the game by, you know, setting the table and saying You know, this is a story of two units, the offensive line and the defensive line, that are really the the bulk of our problems right now. However, considering the context and the reality of the situation outside of the emotions, this is a game where I think you remove the elements and had they played the same way, this would look a lot different of an of an offense, a lot different of a story. And I do think they deserve at least a little bit of credit. There were some real big issues. I still think in pass protection and in creating some holes in some certain aspects. But when you throw a guy like Tank Bigsby who literally just bounces and pushes people down, I think it made them look and made not even not even made them look better. I think it made their jobs easier. Yeah. It made them relax a little bit and just do their jobs. Just do their job. That is a well, blessing. blessing. Well let's
1: keep in mind too, I mean, Georgia, who pr- may have the best offensive line possibly in the country, they struggled to run on these guys. Mm-hmm. So um The fact that we got, you know, 250 yards or 259, whatever we had is, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of credit to go around to everybody tank, mostly tank and DJ, but, uh, O-line was not good on pass protection, but I will give them a little bit of credit on the, the run blocking.
0: Yeah, I do think they deserve some credit there. And let me just say this before we move on to receiving. I'll openly admit that I was not um, the biggest uh, Booby Whitlow fan. I enjoyed having him here, and I'm always thankful for a member of the Auburn Tigers and uh, will always just you know support them. However, I do not think he was the best fit, and I think you can see the difference in the style. He was a guy that just kind of ran forward and didn't show a lot of bounce. And I think that played on the psyche of the offensive line, quite frankly. And I think now that they know they've got a guy in tank that not, not going to necessarily go down so quickly that they have the opportunity to, that with someone so talented that can get to the outside, take a hit, and maybe mo- fall forward for a couple more as opposed to just falling into the pile. It, it's amazing what that can do for a unit that is really struggling right now.
1: Oh, no doubt. It's like, a you know, in baseball, it's, hitting's contagious. I mean, you, you get two or three guys hitting, and now all of a sudden the whole team does it. I think the same thing's in football. Yeah, those guys are you see your guy out there giving it his all fighting for those yardage you're going to do. I guarantee you one thing I can promise you they're going to give it their all. Now they may, they may get blown up, but they're absolutely, if they see tank running like that, they're going to,
0: they're going to do their best. Absolutely. So let's talk about receiving, which was probably not the star of the show outside of the end of the game where we were in a situation where we had to make some plays. And again, Onix being a playmaker and his receivers made some plays. Anthony Schwartz is the star of the day with a, 100 yards on 10 receptions and a touchdown. Seth Williams, 3 receptions for 70 yards and then Tank Bigsby had 4 receptions and DJ Williams had 1. So really honestly, let's take the, you know, the running backs out of it even though they are an integral part of the passing game. It was the Anthony Schwartz and Seth show <laughs> and while I'm glad that all things considered they ended up having a pretty decent game, I'm really concerned if I'm honest about the lack of receptions by other people in this offense,
1: yeah, there were a few times Capers was in the slot, and it, or I don't know, maybe not the slot, but it would look like a good matchup. And I'm thinking, all right, let's go to him, and we didn't. And I, who knows? I have no idea what the decisions were. But, and I'll be honest with you, man, I don't think Seth was 100% last night. He dropped oh, no. three balls, one of, one of them being the touchdown that he jumped too early on. That's not Seth esque. I mean, that guy doesn't drop anything. So, he made the catches when he needed to, and he was big in those moments. Um, and he's still our best receiver. But I'm with you. Like, it can't be those two guys and just and running backs. I mean, somebody's got to step up. Eli getting back will help. Yep. I think Capers, he's such a big body. I mean, I know um, Kobe Hudson, or I don't remember his last name, but he had a good catch last week. But Capers is just a big dude. He's tall. Yeah. So, big target. Somebody's got to step up.
0: They absolutely do, and and that it goes back to the quarterback as well. He's got to focus on some other people, and I know he's trying to, but it's hard to break away from your old reliables. And those two are your reliables at this point. Um, Anthony Schwartz. I mean, if you forgot how great he is in open space, I mean, he showed it to you on that touchdown catch. I literally just sat there, was like, oh, 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 yep, touchdown. There it is. I mean, it's like just give him five yards in a window, and he's gone. The thing we forget about Schwartz is he had good he has good hands. Like oh, I yeah. very he very rarely drops a pass. He runs good routes.
1: Um we know about his speed, but I mean even last year when he had a broken hand, he was playing with that funky cast that they made just for him. He didn't really drop any passes then. He's a he's a really I think we forget he's not just a track star. He's actually a pretty savvy and and good football player.
0: Yeah, he he definitely is. He's a good athlete all the way around. Uh, whether that's speed but he's continuing to show why he continues to be utilized outside of just those short quick passes to the outside and the jet sweeps and things of that nature he actually can catch the ball in some very clutch situations yeah. and he's a great athlete to have and i agree with you uh, jumping back to what you said about seth williams you could just tell after plays where he had dropped the ball there's just something that wasn't right about him and i understand why he's coming off an injury and a very frustrating game so i just I wonder next week, has he gotten all the way better? And do we see a much different Seth, but three receptions for 70 yards. If that's your bad day, sir, I will take a bad day from you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Well, yeah, when I saw the 71 earlier, I said, Oh, he did better than I
0: thought. Yeah. It, it was actually, again, a lot of these stats in the offense, they look better on paper than they did watching in person. Granted, we were all pulling our hair out and pacing in our floors. Yeah. You've, yeah, We're not, we're not being unbiased watching. So The frustration, I'm living it again. Anyway, as we transition to defense, let's talk about something for both teams here that I thought was very surprising. No turnovers in Mm -hmm. one of the worst condition games that we've seen in quite some time. That credit to Arkansas, and that's a credit to Auburn. Now, Auburn gave us a scare twice. However, the fact that there were no turnovers in that type of game is commendable for both teams, and that's something they should both hang their hats on.
1: Pretty impressive. It is absolutely Surprising and impressive.
0: impressive. Yes. I'm as shocked as you are. Color me shocked. <laughs> yeah, you color me shocked. Yeah. All right. Defense. What do we think here? This is a defense that is just in flux right now. Not only are they dealing with the loss of the best defensive line from last year in a while and trying to transition into this new uh, roster, not only that, but they lose the heart, the soul of the defense, and probably in some aspect, a part of the heart and soul of the entire team in KJ Britt. What did you think about the linebacker play in this game?
1: I, the game happened so fast. I'd have to go back and break down film. I do notice that they keep getting pushed around, um, and that's a, some part due to the defensive line not being good enough to take up the offensive lineman's uh, you know, attention. So I feel like the linebackers are getting pushed around a good bit, and, and they're small, let's be honest. I mean, I, let's call it what it is. Our linebackers are small. They may be smart and they may bring a lot of pop, um, but they're kind of small, which which kind of flips to the other side where I don't feel like they pass, pass coverage very well, and you would think that being small would help with that. All in all, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, watching other teams play, th- there's not any good defenses this year, and I don't know if that was lack of physicality. They didn't have a lot of time to prepare. I don't know what's going on. I hate to keep mentioning them, but I think Georgia is the best. they only given it 12, mm-hmm. 12 points a game. Like George, Auburn's number two or three, and we're giving up like twenty-three a game. So, you know, we all think we're doing terrible. I mean, Alabama's like number nine in the SEC. Yeah. Um, it's bad. Alabama. I said read the other. I read that Alabama has only forced a three-and-out on three drives this year.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Nick Saban right now. Just the he can hear you just mention that stat and is just screaming at somebody right now. <laughs>
1: well, I'm not stealing signs either, Nick. I'm, I'm sorry. Don't. I don't want to what, was, was it no
0: excuses or some excuses, Jared?
1: I think that they've just painted over the no. Uh, it's just excuses now. There'll be a rule change going. I'm sure. Maybe, maybe next time a former assistant plays Saban, you automatically have to forfeit. Like you can't play the game. Um, so they don't you know, steal signs from three years ago. I was think it it's Auburn just Elvis? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, I don't know. But as far as our defense goes, we're down. We're hurt. We're already. I think limited a little bit and losing guys. Newkirk went out during the game. I don't know mm-hmm. if he came back, but, I mean, he went out. Big Cat wasn't playing. We lost KJ. We don't have the, the freshman, good freshman DB Simpson or something. Um, it, it, it's a
0: struggle, man. Yeah, yeah. So offense, uh, no, excuse me, not offense, but a defensive line. The big thing for me was the fact that Newkirk kept getting hurt and couldn't stay. It reminded me a lot of KJ Britton. I hope we're not going to be having that same storyline because you know he's already battled back from two knee injuries, and you hate to see that. And a guy that w- knows that the team and the defense is counting on him to be a leader, yeah, he can't be out there. I saw that same look in his eyes that I saw in KJ last week. Like I've got to fight through it for at least this game, and boy, did he ever try to do that. I will say the defensive line to me, I was impressed with some of the push they got in some late portions of the game, which I think is crucial to us actually winning the game. However, there were some times where they continued to get gashed and forced the already beleaguered linebacker core to make some plays. To their credit, they did. Zachary McLean, 12 total tackles. Seven of those were solo solo tackles and two QB hurries. Owen Pepo had 10 uh, total tackles and nine of those were solo. So you want to talk about a playmaker, maybe a guy that tends to maybe not make those coverage-type plays on occasion, but he will fly through the the offensive line from time to time and just take someone down. I think Owen Papo is showing he's ready to potentially see the opportunity that's before him to be a leader at least.
1: Well, and I will add real quick, um, Wooden, I think is his name. I don't know much about him. There was a a defensive lineman named Wooden. Colby Wooden. In, In the first half he was a man i mean he led to that punt that that driver we blocked the punt he was you know putting a lot of pressure on him i didn't pay much attention in the second half but you know we need somebody somebody usually does step up um by the end of the year we need it sooner rather than later on the d line but um you know with big cat being out and i don't know how long that's going to be you know he's he's it's been nagging him for a while so um that's a big piece to be missing there
0: there are many big pieces missing everywhere at this point, yeah, and yeah. hopefully we don't get any more bogus targeting calls in the other games to continue oh. to make it even harder on us uh, throughout the rest of these games. Last bit of, on, on the defense, uh, the the weak spot, even with the injuries and the missing personnel on the other two units, was the defensive back um, unit. And it was a struggle at times, to especially in the latter portion of the game, which is, I think, where some of the adjustments needed to be made. And that's where I kind of, my criticism a little bit of, and this is a guy that has said from day one, Kevin Steele is the best decision that Gus Malzahn has ever made at a head coach to the, and I still stand by that, but I still think we need, as much as we praise him, we need to be able to criticize him. We talk a lot about second half adjustments. I didn't see those at the defensive back position. And that really, really frustrated me. Um, I know personnel is new. Personnel is a little odd right now. Times are odd for crying out loud. Uh, but I was I'll just be honest I Jared I was very disappointed with the defensive backs
1: you make a great point Kevin Steele has had some really bad first halves in his career but he always makes adjustments and we did not I mean we may have given up more points in the second half than we did first and that's very rare for him I mean even the Georgia game we only gave up three points in the second half Um, I agree I I didn't feel like there was a lot of adjustments being made here's the thing and I we may need to throw this tape out because I have no idea how much impact that downpour has. Um, Again, speed is really what makes us better than Arkansas, and it was negated. So does that negate our DBs? Are they not able to really kind of play how they would normally play? Linebackers not able to cut how they would normally cut. So I don't know. But, yes, you're correct. Um, We did not – it did not appear that we made second-half adjustments. Um, If we did, they
0: didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little frustrated by that. And uh, that's the thing that I kind of look back to on the defensive side that I think needed to be better. And uh, honestly, I'll I'll say this much. You know, I know the offense is struggling, but we were in the position we're in because of the defensive issues in this game. And and I acknowledge, as I've said throughout, personnel issues, conditions, all that's at play here, but that still has got to concern you a little bit that Arkansas seemed to figure something out. That had Kevin Steele's number.
1: Let me make one game. more point, real quick. I know we got to move on. The, what frustrated me was that we were getting outcoached on every third down. When we'd bring the blitz, they were absolutely waiting Thank on you. it. When yes. we didn't, they had another play waiting. It was like they were out coaching Kevin Steele on third down, and it was it was mind boggling because you and I are so used to Kevin Steele just figuring this thing out. Um, and I agree, he's probably the best hour we've we've made in a long
0: time. Um, but yeah, he 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 got out. Let's just call it what it is. He got outcoached in yep. the second half for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. But I don't expect that to be a continuing storyline. No. Everybody's do a bad game, and considering everything that was involved in this game, I think we can really be a, be critical, yes. be be understanding at the same time. Hey, there's oh, a lo- there's I a concept right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, let's use let's use that in our in our normal lives. But yeah, I mean, I love
0: Kevin still. I think he's fantastic. Uh, but but that game, he got outcoached. All right, special teams. This for me is the one even though we spent most of our time talking about the other two uh units here special teams for me is the reason we win this game and I don't know if you feel the same way but whether it's the block punt Anders Carlson the punting in in terrible conditions I give the game ball to one person in particular here but I would give a game ball to everybody on special teams personally with everyone that made a play
1: Uh, yeah I agree I mean the block punt obviously was huge um But kicking field goals and that kind of – kicking some of those field goals were not gimmies ever, and doing it in that Mm -hmm. kind of weather, um, you know, it's – I think I think we at home take that for granted.
0: We absolutely do. More than we should. We absolutely do. And as a former kicker, I can tell you this right now. Had a conversation with a good friend of ours here on the network, (coughs) Chandler, um, about who should be getting (laughs) the game ball. And, of course, the obvious answer for most people is Tank Bigsby. And I think you can make a case for that. Personally, I don't give it to him. I give him a humongous hug and basically just, you know, like forever praise him for what he did in this game to put us in a position to win. We don't win this game without Anders Carlson. Three of four, in. I keep saying this phrase, in those type of conditions when it's already as hard enough as it is with the pressure that he has had, especially last season with some of the struggles he had, Anders Carlson in the clutch moment, into the wind, into the rain, knocks down a game-winning kick. You, sir – get this game ball definitively from me and my respect uh, for a long time because of what he just did.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I would not argue that at all. I mean, Tank was the more electrifying, and, you know, he gets us into field goal range and stuff like that. But, listen, um, Gus has really relied on good kickers for the good part of his career, and and he's been blessed with, you know, with two of them for sure. So, um, we don't win the ball game without Anders. If we did not have a good kicker, we don't win that ball game.
0: Mm -hmm. A couple other shout outs on special teams uh, to, I'm trying to actually get his full name here listed, but the individual who picked up Barton Lester, who uh, picked up the block punt in the end zone, but it was blocked by Jordan Peters. So those two get a gold star for me as well. If that's some type of scoring device that you want to use, I don't know if that means anything to them or not. Probably (laughs) does not You can make it up. Gold star to Barton Lester. For getting the touchdown, but also to Jordan Peters for blocking it, and then it looks like Aiden Marshall. At least for this game, I don't know if it's a case of because everything was so bad and wanted to stick with one person. He gets four punts of the day for a 167 yards total, to a long of 48. I didn't. He didn't become a problem in the game, and I think that's what you want your punter to do. Yeah, I agree. So special teams. I think we we don't spend a lot of time on them, but I think it, it is needs to be said that this game is not won without the entirety of the special teams, but especially Anders Carlson in this game. So Jared, if I was going to ask you to wrap up your thoughts on Auburn versus Arkansas in a confusing, frustrating, and, uh, thrilling win by 30 to 28, what would that be in the moment? Very, very frustrated.
1: Um, but as time has passed and knowing all the conditions and what's going on in our world right now, um, I, I i'm gonna take the w and move on and so uh we'll forget about it if we go on to have a really good season we will not talk about the arkansas game and if we go on to have a really bad season we'll have many other games to talk about so I, at the end of the day it's a w move on get better and let's uh let's go take care of south carolina
0: be happy with a win folks it's not that hard okay that's my last one i'm done i'm sorry you i got told you me... you
1: weren't done i told you
0: look <laughs> I got fired up for many reasons this, this game, but uh, I, I agree with everything that you said there. That Look, we've got a lot of things to be happy about, but we've got a lot of things to be frustrated about as well. Let's take this game, throw the film out, as you said. I think that was a great phrase, and move forward in our preparation for south carolina and other games that'll be coming down the slate because they're going to be tougher games better opponents and hopefully not as bad conditions so as we head out of here we want to make sure that we uh, share with you where you can find us out as always you can find me on uh, twitter at tiger i24 if you want to come at me about your hot takes which i'm sure you do after my several hot takes of people tonight uh, but jared if they want to get in touch with you where can they do that
1: Yeah, I'm just on Facebook and Instagram under my name, Jared Davis.
0: And remember, Jared didn't come at y'all tonight. I did, so bring it to (laughs) me.
1: That's right. I will pass all this off to Kyle if you come at me.
0: Anyway, thank y'all so much for listening to our analysis of the Auburn-Arkansas game, and we hope that you'll listen to the preview of South Carolina coming up very shortly. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. War Eagle.